This is your favorite sports podcast on the official Hoosiers Mulligans website. This is Moose's Mulligans. I'm your host, Alex Dryzak. Make sure to check us out at facebook.com slash Moose's Mulligans and our new official website, moosesmulligans.weebly.com. No way! And of course, we're going to get you started with your recent highlights. The NFL, the Cowboys knocked off the Washington Redskins to get back to 500, and the NFL gave $89 million to various different causes. This looks like the NFL is attempting to end the kneeling protest during the National Anthem. Some players like Malcolm Jenkins say they will not kneel anymore because of the contribution, while other players feel they'd be selling out on the protest and movement if they gave in to this donation, and they will continue to protest. Make sure to check out our power rankings for the NFL at our official website, moosesmulligans.weebly.com. That'll be on Tuesday. In the MLB, we will be bringing on Mark Burquist later to talk about the current controversy circling the MLB Hall of Fame ballot in Joe Morgan. Also, we'll be talking about some trade rumors swirling in Giancarlo Stanton. In the NBA, the Cavs have now won 11 straight after handing the Grizzlies their 11th straight loss. LeBron James with 34 points and 12 assists in that one, continuing in what, in my mind, is an MVP season so far. Make sure to check out the power rankings for the NBA as well. They'll be up on Tuesday at that official website, moosesmulligans.weebly.com. And in college football, the selection show for the college football playoffs is tonight. And I have my four teams as Clemson, Oklahoma, Georgia, and Ohio State, respectively. And let's just say... If Alabama gets into the playoff, you will hear about it from me on the show next week. I will rip this committee apart, and I have plenty of reasons, because I do think they're going to put them in the playoff, even though I don't think they should be in the playoff. Lastly, and this will lead into the topic I want to talk about to open the show, the University of Tennessee is looking for a head football coach, if you didn't know, and the search has been... Well, brutal and probably the worst run process of choosing a coach we've ever seen. This is terrible. So Tennessee was about to sign current Ohio State defensive coordinator Greg Schiano, who we have seen do a very good job with Urban Meyer there. However, within eight hours of their announcement, Tennessee said they would not hire Schiano due to the backlash they faced from politicians in the area and the attack they were given on social media. And this attack was driven on the fact that Greg Schiano was coaching at Penn State when Jerry Sandusky was coaching there as well. Now, Schiano has been accused many times of knowing 
Sandusky sicked acts with children, and there's no way that's ever okay. But he was accused of never saying anything, that he knew this was going on and didn't bring it up. Now, Shiano's denied this many times, and there's no proof to tell us that, in fact, he did know Sandusky's actions. And just to clarify, the accusations are coming from uh, Penn State assistant Mike McQuarrie, who was testifying that Shiano was one of several coaches that knew of Sandusky's abuse. Now, this is the only person who said Shiano knew. And basically, it was someone claiming that someone else had told him what someone said. It's pretty far out there. And with no other proof from witnesses or victims, I don't think we can say Shiano knew what Sandusky was doing. But the bottom line, Greg Shiano has been a great coach for Ohio State and I think definitely would have helped this Tennessee football program go in the right direction because they're struggling terribly. And to me, it's honestly just a shame that we've come to the point where social media and politics can affect sports so much. Sports is supposed to be the getaway from politics. And we've seen with football that that's not the case anymore with kneeling and the latest Tennessee issue. What also really bugs me about this is that we're starting a trend that I don't want to see in sports. Yes, the fans and local area of the college have a right to say what they think about the university's decisions because the program is such a big influence on the community and it reflects the community as a whole. But with social media, it is so hard to identify how many, quote, I'm going to say real people, you know, with real accounts are actually voicing their opinion. You hear the rumors in politics a lot in, in the news that it's called inflated social media where one person will use multiple accounts to make it seem like more people are angry than there actually are. But I feel that this decision is up to the athletic board of Tennessee and the dean of the university because it's their job to put the best competitive football team possible on that field. Don't let the NCAA fool you. It's 95% of the time not to prepare the student-athletes for the workforce, but instead to have a team that can compete at the highest level, rack up the most revenue from nationally televised games and more prestigious bowl games. But that's a different talk for a different day. Uh, for now, I want to ask you, the audience, a question. God, oh, jeez. If Nick Saban or Urban Meyer, or Gus Malzone had been a grad assistant at the time at Penn State, and they were being accused right now with no evidence like Shiano, would Alabama fans, Ohio State fans, Auburn fans, would they care? No, because first of all, there's no proof. But the most important part is that these coaches are competing for national championships almost every year, and winning is the best deodorant that you can get. They wouldn't have thousands of fans on their social media calling for Saban or Urban Meyer to get fired because they know their program would be so much worse without them at the helm. And that's where this Tennessee coaching hunt becomes the laughing stock that it is. Letting social media and other outside forces dictate your program is a recipe for failure. And the Tennessee fans have signed it off on their own this time. Those fans were so excited for Lane Kiffin, Derek Dooley, uh, Jim Chaney, you know, Butch Jones will fix us. But they finally get a coach who I consider what I call a top-tier coach. 
These are the coaches, when you watch their games, you can see the chess match and how they're dominating it. They recruit the right pieces for their system and use those players to their full potential and ability. And I can safely say that Greg Schiano does that at Ohio State and will do that for your program. And now... Well, Tennessee just missed out on their only opportunity, I think, for a long time to get a top-tier coach. And unless Peyton Manning is reborn, they're screwed in my mind. All the possible success a program could have, just lost because of allegations never proven and a suspicion the public had on social media that they found troubling. We're definitely not supporting anything that happened at Penn State during that time with Jerry Sandusky, but it's like working at your office. It's when... Somebody goes down in your office for something terrible and whether you knew it was happening, whether you did know it was happening, you were working in the area with that person in the same company, it's obviously going to be difficult either way to fully believe somebody. But in my mind, I believe Shiano. I don't think he knew that much about it. And in the end of the day, it really shouldn't matter because it should be not the entire company blamed for one person's mistake. And it's just a shame what happened there and that it's still haunting sports today, especially college sports where kids are trying to get educations and move on with their lives. Now, let's brighten it up a little bit. Nebraska's hiring was a beautiful thing. Bringing Coach Frost in from UCF, who led the Cornhuskers to a shared national title when he was a player, and he just led UCF to a 13-0 and conference title and probably a New Year's Six Bowl. Two years ago, the team was 0-12, so that's just so impressive. And I think Tennessee should take notes on this because they went out and got the perfect hometown coach for them. Tennessee, you missed your shot for your coach, and you're going to have to live with it. That's your choice. You didn't take the top-tier coach, and <laughs> honestly, the recruiting process for this new coach has been awful so we'll see how they do going forward coming up next we're going to bring on mark burquist to talk mlb hall of fame and also some trade rumors right here on moose's mulligans this is your favorite sports podcast on the official moose's mulligans website according to your story hernandez passes you and starts walking up the ramp Mm -hmm. then you say you were struck on the right temple the spit then proceeds to ricochet off the temple, striking Newman between the third and the fourth rib. The spit then came off the rib, made a right turn, hitting Newman in the right rib, causing him to drop his baseball cap. The spit then splashed off the wrist, pauses in midair, mind you, makes a left turn and lands on Newman's left thigh. That is one magic loogie. Now here's your
Alright, back here on Moose's Mulligans. Make sure to check us out at facebook.com slash Moose's Mulligans and our new official website, moosesmulligans.weebly.com. As I said, we're bringing on Mark Berquist now to talk about the Hall of Fame issues circling baseball right now. So how you doing, Mark? I'm doing great, Alex. How are you? Oh, doing good. So, Mark, Hall of Fame second baseman for the Big Red Machine. Joe Morgan sent out a letter to the Baseball Hall of Fame writers stating to keep steroid users out of the Hall of Fame because, quote, they cheated. Steroid users don't belong here, unquote. I just wanted to know your thoughts first off on Joe Morgan's comments, given that he's the vice chairman of the Hall of Fame. I I actually think this was a lot of the Hall of Fame's doing more than Joe Morgan, and Joe Morgan is simply the messenger. (laughs) Uh, It really feels like the statement kind of shows... uh, how the Hall of Fame feels about steroid use uh, for guys like Bonds and Clemens, and it really seems like they don't want them in, uh, which I don't think is right. Uh, we can get to that later. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just think Joe Morgan's simply the messenger in this. But that, that's just how I see. I just feel like it's the Hall of Fame's personal position. They needed someone to say it, so they used Joe Morgan. Yeah, I mean, it's like kind of using the messenger here, and I yeah. might be killing the messenger. But exactly. to me, if you're this high point, you're in no position to be calling these players cheaters. And it's not because of his role in the Hall of Fame. It's because he supported his teammate Pete Rose for so long, who's been caught gambling and betting and when he was playing and managing still Major League Baseball. I, I don't want to get into the point where we have a scale where we say, oh, you broke the, the rules worse than Pete did. No, no, right. I, it's either you bro- broke the rules or you didn't. And honestly... I'm okay with these guys, and I'll explain it in a minute here, but I just wanted to uh, transition to ask you. I wanted you to give us who you think should be on the Hall of Fame this year, who should be getting in. Not who do you think will get voted in by the writers, because that's never right anyway, but who do you think should be getting in the Hall of Fame? Who do I think? Okay, this is... So this ballot is actually insanely stacked, as it has been for the last three, four years. And players start building up because of the steroid era. So, the big, I think the big four in this, Bonds, Clemens, Chipper, and Edgar Martinez. Right. I think those are my big four. Uh, Really, any guys after this are kind of, you know, flip of a coin. I think Vlad Guerrero deserves to be in. I also think Trevor Hoffman. That's a, a little bit of bias in there. But I also think Billy Wagner deserves to be in. So... <laughs> I think when it comes to this whole closer debate, it's as much as a position as any other position. If we're going to vote in DHs, we got to vote in closers. Correct. Yeah, I agree with that. And but a closer is still a pitcher. I, I agree with the whole closer thing. I mean, Trevor Hoffman was part of that Mariano Rivera time that really defined what a closer was and how important yeah. it can be. Not even in the ninth inning, but what we saw in playoffs when you could come in in the seventh and eighth when it was a key situation in the game and get out of it. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, Billy Wagner is the most dominant closer ever, statistically. If you guys want to look at the stats, he is. Uh, I've seen many people post about this, and Billy Wagner was just an insane who didn't have the longevity that Hoffman and Rivera did. Yeah, and you know you can only fit 10 on these bracket voting, another rule for the MLB, I guess. And it's so stacked. You're going to call me an optimist. I would have 10 people getting in just to make up for lost time here. I'd have Trevor Hoffman, Jim Tomei, Chipper Jones. 
I'm a big Mike Messina fan, very underrated, because they always talk about the steroid era. He pitched very well in the steroid era. You know, I've got Manny Ramirez, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens. I got Fred McGriff still sitting on the board. And the last two spots, I agree with Edgar Martinez and Billy Wagner. I have to leave Gary Sheffield and Larry Walker off, which in my mind, with all these guys who are considered unpeer to the game, I read an article by Jeff Passan, who's uh, an MLB columnist, and I just want to read this one little paragraph from here. That This is where I'm coming from. It's, quote, of the 1,069 propagandi- pro- propagandizing words sent Tuesday to Baseball Hall of Fame voters urging them to say no to steroids, none encapsulated the museum's winning combination of self-reverence and tone deafness quite as blandly as the six in which it called itself the most sacred place in baseball. If by sacred place the hall means one in which is racist, wife beaters, drunks, gamblers, and purveyors of manifold moral turpitude otherwise are celebrated, well, Cooperstown is shining beacon of divinity set upon a hill of hypocrisy. It's just It was just showing how we already have guys in the Hall of Fame who are way worse people, more off the field, which is worse than anything. And so to me... We're holding guys out that should be right in, and it's just stupid in my mind. Absolutely. Uh, for those who don't know, there is a guy on Twitter. His name is Ryan Thibodeau. Uh, you can follow him at not Mr. Tibbs. He tracks every single released Hall of Fame ballot. And so you can get just about up-to-the-date numbers on it of those that have been revealed. Uh, nine hours ago, he tweeted with 15 ballots revealed, which is around 3.5% of the vote known. There is... Seven guys that are in currently. Tommy at 100, Clemens at 100, Vlad at 93, Chipper at 93, Bonds at 87, Hoffman at 80, and Edgar at 80. And Musina's just on the cusp at 73. Keep voting for so, Musina. I know that's biased to me, but keep voting for the Moose. Moose and Mullins. Yeah. yeah. He deserves to be in, 100%. <laughs> for the Moose. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so no, that's, that, that's a great way to keep up with it, and it's exciting. I'm I'm excited to see so many of these guys being voted in right now because it's kind of sticking it to the yeah. Hall of Fame a little bit. These writers mm-hmm. are finally standing up for themselves in a sense with the new game. Absolutely. So now let's take the stress out that I just built up, and we're going to take it out of my favorite game, Money Talks and BS Walks. Okay. So, the first statement I've got for you, and you tell me if it's money or BS, is Joe Morgan should step down or be removed as vice chairman of the Hall of Fame. As we talked about earlier, I think that's BS. Uh, it's a shoot the messenger type thing. I don't think we need to have him step down. Yeah, I'm going to go BS, but the, I want to warn Joe Morgan, if you're going to support what has been named a rule breaker for years in Pete Rose, don't go call somebody else a rule breaker. and say Absolutely in fairness. <laughs> so the second statement, uh, steroids should be an excuse to keep players from the steroid era which is about the 90s to the 2000s, they call it, out of the Hall of Fame. Also BS. And here's my reasoning for this. The Baseball Hall of Fame elected Bud Selig last year. Bud Selig (laughs) was the guy who let this all happen. So if we're going to, you know, say, oh, Bud, you did a great job, you deserve to be in the Hall, how do we, you know, deny players like Bonds and Clemens and Manny a spot in the Hall of Fame as well? Yeah, I don't think steroids should be an excuse to keep these guys out. I think I think if we have the commissioner who had this all happening in the players, I mean, at the time, I mean, back in the day, people would take greenies to help them focus. 
I mean, people. Absolutely. And, you know, people had even you know, and you know, they had relaxants. You know, it's just it's mm-hmm. it's just such a different game now because everything's yeah. monitored so much. Yep, absolutely. So the last question before I let you go is: Let's change it up and go away from the Hall of Fame ones for here today. Uh, Alrighty. Giancarlo Stanton will be a St. Louis Cardinal on opening day. Yes. Ooh. He's going to be a Los Angeles Dodger. Okay. Yeah. You see, I'm calling money right now because the Dodgers don't have the money to get him. The second they have the money to get him, he's he's a Dodger. So for now, it's money. But I'm going to go with you and BS eventually well, here. Here, here's the great thing about it is Giancarlo can literally block every single trade until they come across the Dodgers <laughs> because of that no trade clause. So he literally gets to decide where he wants to go. Like we said, it's a new game today, and yeah. it should be exciting for the younger fans, hopefully, to keep getting involved. Because if, if Giancarlo <laughs> Stanton it seems goes like to the Dodgers. Got a lot, seems like the sport's got a lot more potential than football lately, and I love calling out football lately. Oh, God, don't even get me started on football. <laughs> That's an entirely different podcast. All right, well, thanks for coming on, Mark. Always a pleasure, Alex. Thank you for having me. All right, that's all the time we have for this week on Moose's Mulligans. I'd like to thank my guest, Mark Burquist, for coming on and talking with us. Make sure to check us out at facebook.com slash Moose's Mulligans. Our official website, moosesmulligans.weebly.com. That's W-E-E-B-L-Y. And until next week, fairways and greens, no mulligans. I'm your host, Alex Streisak. We will see you next week. <laughs>